Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi fantasy and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, River World. Well, this is more preposterous than H.G. Wells. Believe me, ask around. Find someone who claims to have lived on Earth after June 18th, 2039 A.D. What is it saying? Use of masculine gender would be appropriate when addressing me. He's saying... the Earth as we know it... is gone. Your planet is dead, but your species has been preserved. Welcome to Continuum Drag, uh, the show where we watch old sci-fi shows and uh, see why exactly they didn't catch on with the public imagination. This week we're taking a bit of a break from TV series to watch a failed pilot and TV movie. Uh, but first, I'm Luke, here with my co-host, old-timey riverboat captain Jordan. Ooh, I wish I was a riverboat captain. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm pretty good. I like um, you had a real radio voice going there. Oh, thank it, you. It reminded me of like if you're listening to um, uh, a real classic oldie station, you're like, oh, and this next one is uh, uh, an old hit you'll remember from Andy Williams. You know, that sort I'm, of thing. I'm becoming a real professional. Yep. Well, we both are. Throw so me wa- in there, too. So what are we watching this week, Jordan? We're watching a very... Oh, man, it's, it's going to be hard to describe. So it's it's a... Essentially, it's a TV movie, but it was intended to be a miniseries or even actual series, but it's called Riverworld, and it's based on a bunch of books. And we can go through some, we'll go through some of um, back history and stuff, um, but yeah, it's it's a one-off movie that uh, aired in 2003. I think it was in March. Yeah, it's, uh, that's about as much as I know, actually. Let's ask you, what did you know about Riverworld going in? I knew this probably of everything we've watched, I've known the least of this. Actually, no, I didn't know anything about Questor either, um, but uh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know it was based on books. I've never, I don't have any memory of it airing. Knew literally nothing until we decided we were going to watch it. What about yourself? Nothing either. It's funny, Melanie, my girlfriend's parents are in town, and I said I was going to watch Riverworld, and her dad was like, oh, I read that book, and I don't think up to that moment I even knew it was a book. And he was like, yeah, it was really popular when I was in university, so that's when I read it. And I mean, I guess he probably went to university like late 70s, early 80s, so I don't even know when the book came out. Well, I, I can I can go through that. So the, um, the writer's name was Philip Jose Farmer. He uh, was born in 1918, died in 2009, so oh, he, wow. he lived recent. in 90, 91, yeah, very recent. He, and he wrote apparently a ton of stuff. And I kind of feel bad I don't know about him. Pretty sure it was all science fiction, but he wrote a ton of stuff. Uh, 60 novels and over 100 short stories and um, novellas. Um, Do you think he saw this? Well, he would have, yeah. He would have seen this. This uh, movie is based on his five books, which were To Your Scattered Bodies Go, which was in 1971, The Fabulous Riverboat, 1971, the Dark Design, 77, The Magic Labyrinth, 1980, and The Gods of Riverworld, 1983. Basically, it was one of his many series of science fiction books that he wrote. Um, and that's what Riverworld's based on. Although, from what I've read, a little bit loosely based on it. Fair enough. I mean, this is only a pilot, so they must not get into most of what's in those books. Well, you would think going in, you would think if they have, 
you know, similar to, I mean, I'm going to, we're going to do it. We're going to mention tech war again, similar to tech war. You would think there was a lot of material to pull from, but uh, I got the sense even from the beginning of the show that they, they're either going to have the problem of there's way too much stuff to jam in, or they're just going to try to skirt around the, you know, the surface and not really touch into anything in the books. All right. So you mentioned earlier, this show is released on March 22nd, 2003. Mm-hmm. I, I have to assume on the Sci-Fi Channel, maybe Space here in Canada. Yeah, something like that. Uh, what were you doing instead of watching Riverworld in 2003? Well, I had a feeling you were going to ask that. 2003, because I don't really remember that much. Here, I know I was in second year university. And we're the same age, so we were probably, you were probably as well. Oh, no, but you were out in the other part of Canada, so you might have already been a little ahead of me because we had... We have uh, in Ontario, we had that extra year of your high school at that time. Yeah, I was um, a little bit ahead of you. Yes, you were ahead of me. So you were in third university. I actually, I actually wasn't in university anymore. Oh, I, I had dropped out of university oh. to go to film school, uh, where if you want to break into the film industry, I absolutely recommend going to Red Deer, Alberta. There's no <laughs> better place to make it than a town of 70,000 people in the prairies at a community college. That's that's well, how you break in. Fun known fact, that's where Spielberg went, Scorsese. Yeah, uh, they're all Red Deer College, <laughs> yeah. Red Deer Community College. But, but I did want to show you something, and this is only going to be um, effective for you and I, but I did find a picture of myself from 2003. How weird oh is that? Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, that's me in 2003. I don't really, I mean, it's a longer story. What well, that's, photos. that's going on the Instagram for sure. No, no, it's not. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> no one needs to see it. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, 2003, I, we were, I was university. I guess I was reading a bunch of stuff I wasn't that interested in and uh, really fine tuning the uh, disgruntled attitude that I would uh, carry with me for the rest of my life. You did a great job at it too. Yeah, I did. It's really come together. With honors. Yeah, that was your degree. Yeah, yeah. disgruntled attitude. Yeah, uh, great. Um, but what I, else? What else was happening in two thousand three? What else happened in two thousand three? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Thank I'm glad you. we have this banter back and forth. It's totally <laughs> unprepared. Uh, I so I looked at it around March twenty second when this show came out to see kind of what was sort of in the news or what was sort of happening in the world when this Riverworld TV movie came out. March twelfth. The SARS outbreak happened. Oh, where was it? Was it? it was 2003, huh? Yeah, 2003. There was sort of, uh, they, I don't know, whoever takes care of making those alerts released a global alert about the SARS, uh, SARS, SARS outbreak. You don't want a SARS outbreak. It's no. a lot worse. Well, SARS wasn't great. I mean, some people died, I guess it wasn't great. Uh, March 20th, the Iraq war began. Yeah, I, no, and not only that, because uh, I, I looked into it, uh, it was also the year that Bush said, mission accomplished, Iraq war we won, which is, and now it's 2018 and it's well, you know literally why. still going. March 20th, the war begins. March 22nd, Riverworld premieres. War won, which just wins itself. Really? Is all Riverworld. Is- all right. Yeah, thanks for backing me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the only other thing I noted was April 14th, this is a couple of weeks later, uh, they completed the Human, human Genome Project. Hmm. This is kind of what uh, was happening around the time Riverworld came out. And it's, uh, I guess it's been a while. It doesn't seem like 2003 was that long ago, but also also watching the show, you go, yeah, this is a while ago. Yeah, it's uh, definitely looks like an old show. Yeah. All um, right. Oh, and, and can I mention uh, one more thing, just as a little uh, teaser before we actually get into stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I found 
a few things about this. We had talked about a lot of these science fiction shows. Is there extra kind of material out there, like fan stuff? Riverworld itself, the books, clearly have a fan base. Like if you go online, there's a ton of stuff. Like I found a whole bunch of fan fiction, one that I really enjoyed, which was a Buffy slash Riverworld crossover. Nice. I haven't read it yet, but just the, I, I think I just like it existing as an idea, but there's a ton of stuff. Now, no one seems to like the, the TV, the 2003 TV movie, but Riverworld itself is very, very popular in media. Um, but I did want to mention a few things uh, I saw of uh, quotes of people, fans of the books, of what they said about this 2003 movie. And, and I'll just give you a couple of them. Horrible travesty of the books. <laughs> uh, one of the worst adaptations I've ever seen. Whoa. Utterly appalling adaptation. <laughs> oh my God. And my, That was it? Oh my God. Oh my God. And my favorite, and I hope you enjoy this as well, more like liver world. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, right? Uh, yeah. More like liver world. Yeah. And on that note, river world. All right, here's, here's the uh, synopsis for Riverworld. After an astronaut crashes, he finds himself in a rejuvenated body on a water world. He also finds that he is surrounded with souls from many different eras and an alien being that died on Earth in the future. Immediately captured by a <laughs> ruling group, the astronaut finds himself leading a group fighting for freedom. Also... The soul of Nero Claudius has found its way to Riverworld and wants to resume his role as emperor. Wow, that kind of gives away some of the surprise, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a couple a couple of spoiled twists in there. Um, I like, though, that that synopsis is a good indication of what this show is, which I think at all times kind of confusing and also feels like not maybe a lot of effort was given into worrying about how the audience feels. I I mean let's get into it but I I got to say I you're right there's a lot of weirdness but that's kind of what made it enjoyable cuz yeah. I had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah, I I'll say right off the bat this I don't think this is a good this is not a good TV movie but I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's but it's but make no bones like it's not good. All right, it opens in 2009. With our hero Jeff Hale in a space shuttle that's having, I don't know, some sort of catastrophic failure. Yeah, it's not going well. It's not going well in space, is like all I know. They're coming back to Earth or something, right? They're trying to, like, it's land. It's not clear. They're just flying around or something. Yeah, there's it's a lot of close-ups, low-budget show. I mean, not a low-budget show, but I think this scene had to be low-budget because the rest of it was more complicated. There's a lot of shots of him in a shaky cam, mm -hmm. like, oh, we're going to crash. Um, but I was just like... What is this show? Like, is this going to be Planet of the Apes? He's going to crash on Riverworld? But he seems like, it seems like they die before yeah. this scene's over. And I was like, I don't know what's happening in this it show. It is a weird opening to seemingly introduce a character, then kill them. But there's a reason. It's, yeah, he wakes up m moments later in a ball of goo under the ocean. It's very Matrixy, yeah? Yeah, it was very Matrixy. That's the first thing I thought. He's just like, in this floating gel pod. And there's, so it's a shot under the water and there's like a seemingly thousands of them, right? Yeah, if there's not, a lot of gel pods. They're up, and they're and they're human size and theoretically each one has a little person. They're like, they're like, uh, it's like fish eggs, but with people in them. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. Uh, and then like, I, I just kept calling this guy the Grim Reaper. Oh yeah, he's, he's just a guy, like a faceless guy with a hood. Yeah, he's like, I assume he's some sort of weird alien and he like has a big stick that he, 
pokes into Jeff's pod and like and right into his forehead taps his forehead with it. Yeah, I thought it went into his forehead. I thought that too, but I think the effect didn't work. Like when he pulls it away, I'm like, oh, it was just tapping his head. Yeah. So this guy comes by, pokes him in the head, and then you see a bunch of flash of stuff, right? Yeah. He basically gives him. This will come up later in that Jeff tells us that he gave him visions of the future. Yeah, but that's not clear from what you see. And it has no bearing on it. Like, it never helps. Right. Him having visions of the future doesn't help him in any way, shape, or form. He just occasionally will have a flash of the future. But it's also a show that only had one episode. I so. do like the idea of giving someone a skill and then not using it. Like, I've given you super speed, but then never, the person never runs. They well, never need to run anywhere. I guess that's... Here's my question for you. Obviously, it's a failed pilot and also a TV movie. Do they know it's a failed pilot and it's just going to air as a movie when they release it? Like, do they know it's that's already happened? Or do they air the pilot and they're wondering if they'll turn it into a series still? I think the hope was still it was going to be a series. But I think when they saw the end product, I think probably everyone involved knew that this is not going forward. It was just weird because it just seems like, you know, what you should do is just edit out this thing where he can see the future just cut it out of the show because it doesn't affect the plot and because there's no more show like the oh power i see is what you useless. mean because because you think they might be that might be important later on in the series but not in this episode but not, it doesn't well that's it. it it would be important if this was a series so, so i'm just kind of curious is like if you knew this was going to be a series why not just do a little bit of editing and make it a standalone by at least at least removing extraneous material I don't know. All right. You don't have any answers. I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it gives him these visions and then Jake wakes up in his goo ball and like climbs out of it and swims up to the surface of the ocean to yeah. to the shoreline of Riverworld. Which we'll just say Riverworld just looks like Earth. Uh, yeah. I forgot till the end of the show. I'm like, oh yeah, it's called Riverworld and there's... No river. I mean, it's not as no rivers. There's an ocean and definitely one river. They do do um, a shot where they kind of pull up off the planet and you kind of see there's like large caverns sort of in the middle with one big river maybe running down the middle. But you, you know, you never actually get the sense of why it's called River World or that I thought, oh, this is going to be like a series of um, connecting rivers. And that's how the only way people can uh, travel. But you never really get that. I, I think that's the idea, but they don't do a good job like being like. In this show, anyway. Maybe that's why it's Liver World. <laughs> yeah, that person nailed it. Uh, but yeah, it's very weird. For a show called River World, you're like, oh, shouldn't there be a lot of interconnected rivers? Uh, not that we see. No. It looks like the ocean that he's getting out of. And what's his name again? It's like Jeff Smith? Jeff Hale. Yeah. No, let me, let's just start right there. What do you think of Jeff Hale? Oh, I, I have a note here for you. Yeah. Do you remember during Beyond Westworld when, the only, when they tried to set up the lead character's like personality and pam said i think it was pam might have been his old partner she called him oh you're a classic all-american jock yeah and i'm like that was a bad description of that character but that is the perfect description of jeff yeah jeff you're right is an all-american jock that's all you'll need to know about him yeah that's all you will get to know he about never him. wears sleeves no matter what happens he won't wear a sleeve that's all i know about him you notice that? Never once. Other people wearing sleeves at some point. He's like, not me. I get, oh, I get hot. Now that you say it, actually, this comes up right now. When he swims out of the ocean, he finds a canister because he's totally nude. Yeah. And very beefcake. And, and very soon, I, I know we're going to come back. 
very soon a bunch of people are going to be running on the, on the beach and you can see they took a tremendous amount of effort to not show naked bits of people because it's a bunch of people naked people running hundreds and you, you you'll never see anything yeah well it's basic cable you can't yeah. have uh, any any actual nudity but when it gets to the shore, the shore is like covered in metal canisters. Like think a thermos. It's mm-hmm. like the size of a thermos. And he, I'm like, oh, he's naked. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. He's going to have to go find clothes. He opens the canister and it's just full of clothes. I know. And he just puts them on. So whoever whoever it is that decided, you know, you don't know what's happening at this point, but like yeah, whatever seemingly entity he's, brought him here. Yeah, was like, well, we, he's got it. We got to put him in that pod. But like, we don't want him to be naked though. Let's leave a canister of clothes. Yeah. Th- he, what is he? He's a... Uh, uh, 42 short? Yeah. Yeah. They'll yeah. fit. Uh, but you're right. I actually didn't notice the sleeve things, but as he puts on these clothes, I do remember now, he started tearing yeah, something off. he ripped his off, sleeves off. And I didn't know what he's doing, but that's what he was doing. He's tearing his sleeves off. Yeah, he hates sleeves. It's very funny because all the characters start, not all the characters, all these people start pouring into the ocean and like they start fighting over the canisters for some reason, which is very silly. There's nothing inside but clothes. But we kind of get introduced basically to all almost all the characters who will be on this show there is irish alice a woman who died at 82 in 1943 mm-hmm. she's i guess going to be the love interest yeah also um apparently in the books she's a character in the books but she has uh dark hair and people were very very irritated and they'd be like alice with blonde hair oh, I was like, unacceptable. oh oh i trust me there's other things to worry about than her color of hair uh there's lev an astrophysicist who died in the Holocaust. Ugh, I know, yeah. You don't like him? I just, as soon as it started getting to, it felt like a like D-list version of like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where it's like, here's all these people from history. And like, and it's like, of course, there's, uh, we'll continue. There's someone from the Holocaust. There's a woman uh, who was on a slave ship over yeah, to the States. Yeah, uh, there's Molly. She's, oh. she's, it was hard to tell. And she looked like Scary Spice, didn't she? She was also wearing like a Spice Girls outfit for some well, reason. We can talk about that in a second. Like everyone had the same clothes on, but somehow she had a like a little it, leather, little leather outfit. Yeah, everyone pulled the same clothes out of the canisters, but from her canister, she managed to pull what looked like a dress you'd wear clubbing, like yeah, a halter top, but like relatively short. It was really weird. I'm like, how did she get that? And everyone else guys got a shirt and pants. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but River, she, River World, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, she died on a slave ship to America, and it's a little tough to nail down. She's somewhere between a mystic and a warrior, or maybe both, like that kind of might be her thing. She's kind of both of those things. Then, um, and this is, I'm going to spoil this because it was spoiled in my synopsis, but we uh, there's a Roman guy who's there who uh, is like really vying to lead the group with uh, Jeff. And at the time, he, he refers to himself by one name, but we'll come to know he is uh, Emperor Nero from the Roman Empire. Yeah, I don't know why that I didn't like. I didn't like that. I was just like, why do we need? I know they need to set up a big bad guy, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. We'll, we'll get into it later, I guess. Um, but I, I was very happy that you know he's Roman from his British accent. I know. The accents are... Um, it's very very classic well, Hollywood. Well, can we talk about that now? So they all, all the characters are on the beach. They get their clothing. I have, I have one more character. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And then we'll get onto it. The only other character that comes to the ocean is one caveman. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's, I think, is he I in the I was so excited. Yeah, he's in he's Neanderthal. Neanderthal yeah. I'm like, there is a caveman on this show. And, and let's just say, he's not He's not nearly used enough, right? Well, uh, he I, should have been a great Nero character. basically kills him or knocks him out. 
And then he's gone. I'm like, oh, I thought he was going to be one of like the lead characters. They paid for that costume. Man. They paid for the hairy costume. Why not have him in more? It, I was so let down because I was fake just teeth. like that. Like we've got all these people from different eras. And now we're even establishing that like dead cavemen are being pulled to Riverworld too. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. So where we are is the sense you've got is something weird is happening. People are waking up in these pods from different point Time in times period. in history some of these people you know from history some are not and oh they're, and there doesn't seem to be back clear in their young 20 year old bodies right like, no matter when you died you've come back as a 20 year old except um jeff is not in his 20s come on that actor is not in his 20s and there's also a little girl there's one like, one that, girl yeah that'll come up but yeah there's she's the only like we'll meet her later but there's uh mute gwen yeah she's this, the equivalent of the girl from aliens yeah and what was her name? Newt? Wasn't Newt. that? Yeah. yeah. That, she's the same character. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, she's the only person who was resurrected on Riverworld as a, a little girl. Right. So, and then the, so I'm sure this is in your next point, but they're all speaking English for some reason, some with English accents. That comes up. Like they, they mention. well, they mention. did you catch what they said? I couldn't understand. There's some indication that something's translating other languages. Yes. Basically, there's some sort of universal translator that's, that is happening on the world that allows them all to understand each other because at one point jeff says like you know you can speak english and she's like what's english so she's clearly not speaking english everyone's hearing their own languages what's happening um which is fine except the caveman for some reason he had the caveman well i'm assuming maybe he doesn't have the mental he doesn't have the mental capacity for it but uh yeah so they all can they, they get that out of the way which is fine okay now they can all speak so we don't have to have trouble with um yeah it's fine they yeah. just it's like give a good magic sure yeah of uh, the world we can all understand each other fine then they go to this big what would you call obelisk what that's would you what they call, call it? it it looks kind of like uh a, like an olympic tower with the olympic flame on top yeah and and so the uh uh, uh scary spice whatever her name is she Molly. Go- isn't isn't she the first one that goes and puts the yeah the she in? she walks right up to it. There's all these holes in the obelisk, and she shoves the canister she got her clothes out of into the obelisk. So here's the thing: one, once I got clothes out of the canister, I'd have left it on the beach. Would you carried it with you? And then secondly, in a million years, would you would you go? I'm gonna put this in this thing. Maybe something's gonna happen. Never. The amount of time it would take for them to figure that out. Years, right? I I'm gonna defend the show. I think. Really? You think? I'm just saying. Come on. I think that just like we're talking like minimum a thousand people watch out of the ocean. I think the odds are like one person just is like, hey, look at all those holes. I'm going to shove my canister in it. Yeah. I think we're just getting that from You think on the other side, there'd be like one guy who's trying to have sex with it. You're like, oh, Harry, stop it. You know, he's like, it didn't work. It didn't work. Harry. That's the the Neanderthal. It's the Neanderthal. He just doesn't know any better. He doesn't know any better. He's flinging poop at people. I, I classic mean, Harry. That's he basically just goes crazy. This I think I just called him that because he kind of looked like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. I think oh. in, I think in my head that's what was happening. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. Comparison. He does kind of look like that. But yeah, they put the canister in the obelisk, and when they pull it out and open the canister, it's full of food goo. Yeah, it kind of looks like um, chalk. It yeah. looks like just chalk, just chalk. But it's like a gooey food yeah. substance, which I. I don't. I I take that to mean because it'll come up later when they need supplies. There's just no food on Riverworld. Like you have to to eat. You go to the obelisk and like shove oh, your. Oh yeah, I never really in. thought about it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because it did seem like later when they needed supplies, there was talk of going to the obelisk with the canisters to get more food. I was just like, that's really weird. Like you guys can't. There's no agriculture here. Well, because they figured out a lot of other stuff. They clearly you'll see that they 
can create weapons and armor and clothing well, yeah, and everything else, but not they can't they can't figure out how to raise it. I don't know. There must be something, some sort of space chicken on the planet. That's what happens right now is uh, this group called the Vandals rides in on horses with like swords. They're a real medieval looking kind of ragtag Viking group led by their leader, which is obvious, Vladimir. And he kind of like surrounds them and captures them. Now, here's a question for you. Do you know who the actor was who played Vladimir? Well, you know what? I, I recognized him right away and I was like I know this guy I know this guy so I looked him up I can't remember his name but I know that he played Ares in Xena yeah Kevin Smith and and the funny thing about that is one he's playing pretty much the same character and two this the the production value of this is pretty much on par with Xena yeah so if you you, if you want it like it it looks like an episode of Xena yeah uh but did you catch the end of the movie I know it was dedicated to because he died right after him yeah this was his last project I mean for TV anyway, he died on the set of another movie. Yeah, it was it was actually like a an actual accident, I think, on set, something like that, wasn't it? Oh, did he have a heart attack or something? No, it was. Um, it's crazy. I looked into it. Uh, he was shooting a Chinese U.S. Uh, action co-production in China, and he had just wrapped the movie entirely, and he was waiting for his van back to the hotel, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna." climb this tower just to pick a peek at the other set of this other movie and as he was climbing this three-story tower he slipped and he just like fell oh that's so not, that's very not a very sad movie and he was just about to go do tears of the sun with bruce willis like yeah. a very sad story yeah he's pretty good i liked him in xena too yeah he was, he was great in this he he's very watchable anyway uh vladimir comes in he takes all these like people who've just climbed out of the ocean he like takes them prisoner and it's at this point we meet his other prisoners which one of them is the mute girl gwen yeah but we also meet monit the twitchy fish man from space yeah and he uh what what did i read i can't so much exposition i can't remember what the alien is in Star Trek, but do you remember the alien in the next generation, the blue guy with the I know little, exactly when you're what talking are they, about. You remember what they're called? I don't remember what they were called. Anyways, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know who that alien is. You know is. who the blue guy with the face flaps was. And, and, he, and he talks into that little metal thing and like cold air comes out or whatever. But... The, he, this fish guy looks exactly like him. Like they must be the same species. And yeah. I was I was desperate for this to be a Star Trek: The Next Generation crossover. It, unfortunately, it's not. But it's the same looking alien. Yeah, it's a very. Uh, it is funny. I thought that too. I'm like, oh, I've seen this alien before. But I was also just like, oh, it's just an alien. It's fine. Yeah. Also, so this guy, what's his name? Monit. Monit, I think he has. Um, the actor's clearly doing some sort of like tick to be like. Yeah, he's got a thing. twitch. And, but I, I was just like, oh, stop it! It's annoying. Like he'd talk and then he'd be like. Eh. It, and he just like moved to the side. It's like, okay, just that's stop his, it. That's his alien anatomy. That's his alien thing. He's He looks like a fish and he's got a bit of a nervous tick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also, uh, Fishman also thankfully gives us a ton of exposition. For one thing, he's the only alien on Riverworld mm-hmm. because he died on Earth. Yeah. Because I guess his species watched an asteroid that they thought might hit earth so he like flew to earth to warn that like they didn't say they were coming they just like showed up yeah shot out of the sky he was tortured by the military and ended up dying on earth being the only one of the crew who survived to actually like die on the planet as a result he's telling jake no not jake, jeff jeff do you notice jeff jake all j names well, those are two. These aliens. Or these aliens. Fuck. The leads. The these leads. These leads. I'm really losing it. But apparently Earth 
was destroyed by an asteroid June 18th, 2039. Oh, is that the date? That's the date. Something to look forward to, Jordan. Are, are, are we recording that day? <laughs> oh, good question. I'll have to, have to look, look it forward to my calendar. And, and let me just mention one thing logistically. So the point we're at is they've all come out of the water. They've all kind of been a group. And then immediately this horde has attacked them, right? Yeah. And captured them. So is that just what this, this group does? They just... Do, oh, yeah. do you think like do you think they're like oh guys it's tuesday the new group of people are coming out we better go down to the beach and get them a hundred percent that's what they, they have do, all huh? kinds of slaves at spoil i mean spoiler but do you think really, people are coming but... out constantly and they're just like or do you it think it's like be. they just it, know it must be they must be a cycle because they knew to come down i mean i guess they're, they're in a castle but it doesn't seem to overlook this place so i have to assume this is kind of like a regular thing. I mean, we'll learn that Vlad uh, actually threw Monette. He's like, he's been here 10 years. He's like the first guy who woke up or something. So he consolidated power early. Yeah. And Monette's been there like two years. So he's kind of still fresh, but uh, he knows what's going on. Anyway, they're all captured. They're kind of in like slave cages and everyone's asleep at night and the Grim Reaper comes back. Yeah. It's very funny. I was wondering if maybe the Grim Reaper would like put them to sleep like he was the caretaker. But uh, the only person people awake are Jeff and so is Emperor Nero. So I, I think it's just a coincidence. Everyone's like sleeping so fast. Yeah. So this guy comes and... With his stick. He he does another... Does he tap J- Jeff no, in the head no. again? He just uses his stick to break the cage that uh, Jeff is in. And then he has like a little squabble with Nero. Nero's like, if you don't, if you don't let me out, I'll tell. It was so reasonable. Nero's like, hey, you're free. Let me out. If you don't, I'm just going to wake everyone up. Yeah, why Jeff, didn't Jake just, well, Jeff, Jeff, Jake, why didn't Jeff just let him in, let him out? This is what I don't understand. Jeff just runs off. Yeah, it was weird. I it, actually was kind of like. so many people in slavery. He could have let them all out. I was actually kind of impressed the show did that and it didn't have him do the noble thing. Because I was like, oh, cool. Is he just going to go? like fend for himself that's kind of neat but i mean i don't he think really... that's the thing if he breaks out runs off and nero's like starts screaming because he's like you know screw that guy everybody get up and get him and everyone's there and irish alice just starts defending him like she's just like don't worry i'm sure he has a good reason for doing it I'm like no he's a jerk don't defend him he left you all um and i just remembered what the alien is they're called benzites <laughs> yeah the, the tng alien yeah that TNG looks like called a fish man in this yeah great benzites <laughs> that's all it was important to mention anyway they give chase jeff jumps off a cliff to escape the ch- the vandals who are trying to recapture him by the way should have died jumping off that cliff there's no way he could have survived. it was your classic jumping off cliff scene yeah. though right you've seen a million times yeah. he goes oh no and they're like we've got you now and then he just jumps off into the yeah, water and very, he's fine it's very silly i was also wondering like you clearly have no plan. You just ran away. But I guess his he is he actually his plan is to double back, and then he knocks a guard out and dresses up as a guard. So yeah, he, can, he does the old classic like he's you know he he puts on the person's outfit which fits perfectly, and then he is able to ingratiate himself in enough that they don't notice, and he yeah. just gets in. He gets in behind enemy lines, so he's able to follow them back to Vlad's castle. Which I've got to ask, he's been there ten years. Did he build that castle? It seems like... Well, I, I thought the same thing. It's like, they've really made some progress. Because it's a huge medieval castle. Like, yeah. huge. Yeah. Something that would, would feasibly have taken them, like, 100 years. <laughs> it, it feels like it. Like, unless there's so many slaves coming out of that ocean. So, uh, you have to assume that castle was there, right? Like, he didn't build it. Maybe. I think he built it. Okay. 
I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you. You're the expert. <laughs> yeah, I am the expert. <laughs> they get to this castle and Vlad kind of orders his captives to fight in an arena for their amusement. Kind of like that one-on-one classic like yeah. fight to the death sort of stuff. And so at this point, they uh, we've already revealed it, but like no one knows Emperor Nero's Emperor Nero yet. And he comes in and he's like called out to fight in this arena. And some guy from the audience recognizes him and was like, oh my God, it's Emperor Nero. Like another Roman guy recognizes him. Yeah. And then there seems to be like, 10 or 20 other Roman guys. Yeah, that was weird, right? I'm like, like, oh, that was a real time period that a lot of people came from. Yeah, there's just like a lot of people who work for Vlad were also Romans. So when they recognize him, they're all like excited and like kneeling down to uh, Emperor Nero. It's a good reveal, actually. I really like the reveal when they're like, oh, this is like a huge historical figure. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't hadn't thought about it. I guess if I had spent two seconds, I would have realized, oh, of course, like historical figures will have come, been right. resurrected. Vlad is not a dumb man. He sees this is a problem. He's got to kill Nero or, you know, obviously all these Romans he employs are going to turn against him. Yeah, he's got to show he's the biggest, baddest, toughest guy there. They get into what is probably one of the weakest parts of the series is their mostly bloodless, weakly choreographed fights. Well, it it, it has that, again, that sort of, not huge budget fight scene where it's it's it, it does it just doesn't look great but it goes on for a while yeah. <laughs> there's that it does go on for a while and of course nero wins and he is gonna get the roman empire back together He's yeah and he, like, and he I, I was actually kind of surprised at the turn he kills so you're set up with this is the bad guy and then suddenly another guy comes and kills him. And he's like, no, no, I'm the bad guy i was like oh that's that was actually pretty no different. i liked it i i love the idea that he's just like i'm back we're getting the empire back together. Call the boys. It's back on. Yeah. I was like, this is great. I, I love this. Well, this is all happening, though. Jeff is down in wherever they keep the prisoners. I don't know. And he's breaking out the like the characters we know, I guess, from prison. Although I have to ask, there were hundreds, if not thousands, on the beach. He rescues like 15 people. Like He leaves the rest of them there. Yeah, it's t- he only has so much time. I was just like, there's so many people you've just abandoned. Why did you do that? Well, he's also not, he, I don't I don't know if he's a terribly great, uh, they really keep setting him up to that he's going to be this awesome leader, but is he? He, he doesn't wear sleeves. That's what we've learned about him. That's it. Can't, can't trust that. Can't trust that. Yeah. You can't trust a guy with no sleeves. <laughs> he also somehow manages to lead them out of a secret passageway in the castle. I, I've decided that like... Fishman knows all this stuff because he's been there a while. So maybe Fishman's really leading them. Mm. And they are going to head back to like Fishman's village where he's living. It's kind of great because they walk through the Valley of Meteors and we see meteors crashing the earth and learn like Riverworld has a lower atmosphere. So there's always like meteors coming Although down. Although it's the only scene you'll ever see meteors again. They're like, they're like, oh, in Riverworld, like you have to really watch where you step because meteors are always coming down. It's like, but only for the next 10 seconds. You'll never see these again. That's true. But imagine if it was a series, we'd get people get hit by meteors all the time. Yeah, that is fun. And what's interesting here, too, is you mentioned like they all have swords and like how do they forge them and how they build mm-hmm. this stuff. They mention, or I think Fishman actually mentions, they get all their ore from the meteorites that are coming down. Oh, did they? Yeah. And I was just like, so does Riverworld have no resort? Like you can't get food they're getting their ore to build things from the meteorites that are falling on river world i'm like what's going on yeah, in river maybe world it's, maybe it's in the books yeah, yeah you're right my my bad yeah they arrive finally at their destination which 
is an old-timey riverboat that's under construction. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it's, it did feel a bit of a, like a bit of a turn. And I guess what they're doing is you're getting a sense of different time periods based on who's kind of in charge. So the one guy was kind of like a, a Visigoth or whatever he was. So it kind of looked like that. And then now it's going to be a Roman Empire. But then, oh, it's it's a turn of the century riverboat captain time over here the good guys you know yeah, seemingly the good guys it's where we meet the final character we're going to need to know which is sam who is this sort of old-timey southern gentleman uh who used to be a riverboat captain so he's he has, building a riverboat captain he's got real bad hair he's got a real old-timey accent yeah he's trying um, but I do like for a show called Riverworld, of course, everyone, they should have a cool boat. Yeah. Uh, and it's very steampunk. They yeah. have an old timey riverboat. It's called Gopher Broke. That's like, right. This could have been Firefly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it. Well, yeah, the, the tone isn't quite there. But. If, if it was, you know, better written, maybe. Um, I do like, though, when they're talking to Sam about him building this riverboat because it's taken, I assume, years to build this riverboat. And he talks about how he's had the best engineers, Egyptians, and the guys who built the Titanic have worked on his riverboat. Yeah, yeah. Half, half of that's a good idea. Uh, it's a very funny reference to just like, everybody's here. Yeah. Um, is this, and I, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, um, but is are we getting to the scene where they get in the hot tubs? <laughs> oh, that's coming up. I was going to talk about this boat a little bit more. Like, sure. Just the, how it works. Sure, we can like, talk about the boat more. Fine. I mean, I was just going to say that... Um, <laughs> that uh like it's a steam engine boat like it's like an old-timey river boat but they've used the fishman's technology which is cold fusion yeah that requires like something called a hydrated palladium to work mm-hmm. um that's how it runs the steamboat but i also had to question like why don't just use wood there seems to be wood everywhere just build they, a well they mentioned engine. well well that it is funny you say that because they did mention that it can work without it, but I think it goes much faster or works more efficiently or something. Because uh, this is a spoiler for way down later in the line. They're like, I think one line they're like, oh, we're just going to, if we don't have the metal, we'll just do it without it. Like they can clearly run right. the oh, boat they, without they it. Can. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it just like will run a long time on a single piece. Yeah. Like this palladium, hydrated palladium, when they were back at the castle, the fishman like was like, oh, that throne has some on top and it run the ship forever, which was the stakes basically. They're going to have to go back. Yeah. In order to get the ship running. And let's just talk structurally. And I actually wrote it down. At this point of the show, we're, we've passed uh, we've passed the 45-minute mark, I believe. And we're just kind of getting the plot of the show now. Which structurally I think might be a little bit of a problem for this show. That it's taken nearly an hour. And they go, all right, n- now now we'll tell you what the show is kind of, what, what, yeah, what, we, the, what the stakes are. We kind of are moving beyond our first act. Yeah, like it took it took a long time to get there. And to be fair... A long time setting up, not a lot. Like we, we, so again, we're 45 minutes in. We haven't learned a lot about Riverworld. We know occasionally an asteroid comes down. There, for some reason, people are coming out of fish balls. And uh, there's a guy who keeps stealing people off the beach. That took 45 minutes? I mean, you're you're not wrong. There's a, a lot to unpack in the show. Like just, there's so much craziness. But this is around the time they get in those outdoor hot tubs. Yeah, and, and why I thought it was so funny is 
so it's what, what's the what was Susie? What's the girl's uh, name? Irish Alice. Irish Alice. She's in she's in a hot tub and she's from like the 1920s. And she's like, oh, my decorum. Why are you jumping in? Because Jeff jumps in the other other hot tub and they have a bit of a conversation and they sort of have their heart to heart. And she mentioned she asked him if like he had a family or whatever. And he mentions and I and I I'm, I'm going to preface this with I know this is not funny, but I did laugh <laughs> when he said I had a son who died of leukemia. And, and no, I laughed at that. And the reason I laughed because it just seemed so on the nose that they have someone from a slave ship. They have someone from the Holocaust. And of course, someone's dying of leukemia. It just is like, guys, it, it just seems so on the nose and over the top that it made me laugh. Again, I don't think leukemia is funny, but the way it was delivered did make me laugh. That made you laugh? Did you laugh so hard you laughed for the second thing he said in that sentence? What did he say? He said, my kid died of leukemia, and then my wife killed herself. <laughs> well, again, not, not funny, but I think I did miss that. <laughs> that is literally like his next sentence is, and right after he died, my wife, which I was just like, whoa, foreshadowing for this show that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because I'm just like, obviously, if this were a show, we're going to meet your kid. We're going to meet your wife. Well, you're flirting with this Irish lady in these hot tubs. And footing with her by talking about all your dead family, it was yeah, very weird. It's a terrible pickup line. It was working though. <laughs> it she was, was into it. Yeah, it's it's working because she's a uh, not terribly uh, well written character. They don't funny. really know what to do with her. My next note here is her only characterization is liking Jeff and then taking care of the kid. Like those are her two characters. Yeah. Like, and she immediately they they show that she immediately uh, uh, likes sewing. Yeah, she can sew a dress. Yeah. And she can draw a picture. Yeah. Those are those are her character traits. Yep. Well, she's uh, a she's a lady. That's what she's here for. Anyway, they need to go get this palladium and two people volunteer to go get it from the castle, go back there. Uh, one's Jeff, obviously, cuz he's our hero. Yeah. And the second one is uh this really suspicious dude who has just been hanging around. <laughs> Yeah, and immediately, and he's just got a suspicious face, right? You're like, this guy seems sketchy. Like, oh, yeah, send him. Yeah, everything he does has been very sketchy up to this point, this guy. and I Like, was he just, might as well have been, like, uh, twirling, twirling his mustache, mustache, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he should have been twirling a mustache. So they, they sneak back in, and obviously Nero's just waiting, but which is just funny, because if this guy was a spy, he was a spy for Vlad. And, in fact, Nero says he's like, good work. Your deal with Vlad still good with me. Yeah. I was just like, oh, right. You guys, someone wrote this a draft. And they're like, wait, wouldn't this guy still have it? And they're like, oh, we'll just, we, I got a solution. Well, I assume, I assume there was a few weeks of Nero having a transition team where they really brought him up to speed with uh, all, all of the policies the and various, uh, procedures yeah. that had been put in place. His by predecessor had yeah. set up. He, he kind of got to go through them all, get yeah. prepared for exactly. office. Exactly. He was, he was just the interim leader. Yeah. Just in the wings. He's like, oh, no, I like, the, I like this policy of the spy. No, no, oh, keep that. This is good. This will work for this me. This is good. Oh, and this castle, this uh, entire huge castle that you were able to build in a matter of a few years? Yeah, yeah, let's keep that. Absolutely. And policies against people with sleeves? <laughs> Get rid of people Get rid of sleeves. people who don't wear sleeves. Get them out of this country. So with the information that Nero's able to get from this, like, spy conniving suspicious guy who's been sort of working as a double agent on the other team Nero's able to get back to the riverboat camp and he just like Vlad just kind of surrounds everybody and immediately captures them 
Although yeah. it's great. Did you see when they're when he like invade when he invades get them? They're having a big bonfire and having a dance party around the fire. The dance and it's it's well. The note I wrote was I feel embarrassed for all the for all the actors dancing. But that's just anytime I see something like that, I feel embarrassed that it just looks weird. Um, but it's it's a I thought it was funny. It's a tough. I, I can only imagine it must be tough to be there because they're like, oh, you're having fun. You're just dancing around a campfire and like alien man like the the fish man is playing some weird like lute <laughs> slash horn of course he was right didn't you you knew he was going to be playing some sort of uh clarinet or something a yeah. little flute he's playing some weirdo instrument and then he hands it over to lev who immediately starts playing this alien instrument no problem lev's on top of it that's yeah. what astrophysicists do was that what he was i, I didn't hear that he was yeah an that, that's what he's an astrophysicist i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure so they basically just go from captivity to once again exactly the same captivity yeah it's just crazy like Nero takes the boat he's like oh this is great I can use this to spread the Roman Empire around it's gonna be awesome but here's you know what I mentioned so they built a castle but they didn't really build any boats like you really shouldn't need to take this boat you know what I mean like you'd assume they'd have hey he didn't run policies of the past administration that's true Vlad had no vision yeah he never, he never, Emperor he never Nero. thought about uh, the boats. Yeah, Emperor Nero, he's got vision. He's going to take this boat. He's going to spread the empire. Mm-hmm. It's great. They they're showing him around the boat, and like he's from the Roman ages. And when they get down to the engine room, the fish man really quickly like bangs off how a steam engine works. And Nero's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's smart. I I, sh- I wish I had some of those. That's a great idea. Uh, thanks for telling. Like it's the quickest explanation, but. Nero's got it. He's no got problem. It, yeah. Makes perfect sense to he's him. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He tosses everybody into the hole of the boat because he's going to need slaves to trade. And then he takes Jeff and he stakes him in the river. The river that apparently has a tide. Like he's staked down in the river yeah. so that the tide can rise and I guess eventually drown it's, him. Yeah, he's like, I'm giving you a slow, painful death sort of thing. It's a very weird punishment. Like you should have killed him. Well, it's, it's again, it's sort of a, well, like, why didn't he just kill him? Well, because he needs to escape. Well, he does. And he, has to put, he has to put him in a James Bond villain-esque yeah, sort of very scenario. very James Bond villain-esque. And uh, the mute girl Gwen has has not been captured, and she'll go and she'll cut him out so he can get free. And I made a note. Her name's Gwen? Is that her name? She She's the best character on this show. The show. She should be the protagonist of the show. How interesting would it be if everything we've seen from her perspective, this kid who's coming to this weird world, for whatever reason she doesn't talk. But I was like, oh, she's a way better character. Every scene she's in, she's good, but alas... Wasn't not, the show? Wasn't the show. the show is going to be? No. Um, and actually, there's one character who isn't in the hold or tied into the river. It's Alice, and that's because Nero's about to get real rapey with her. Yeah. Again, this is this has been. Is this been every show? Yeah. Every show we've watched, there's well, been fi- something like this. Finally, we understand why Alice is a character in the show. So Jake has some stakes. <laughs> Jeff. It's Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Oh, because boy. you know what because it doesn't matter because you know what this could be jake cardigan it could be sure it's jake cardigan they're, they're, it could be john moore it doesn't really matter they're all they all these shows have the same lead character yeah. like just interchangeable cool guy yeah yeah he's a cool guy but he's all those, not all really those, cool jake pretty cool wears leather jacks am i right john moore pretty cool he wears cravats and uh jeff pretty cool no sleeves oh yeah they all have their signature look what was what was Questor cool for because he's fully functional. <laughs> was yeah. he cool? But he wasn't. Was he the lead? Anyways, doesn't uh, really he wasn't. No one on that show was cool. Yeah. Quester, sorry. Not cool. You're a nerd. He was a nerd. I want information. Shut up, Quester. Nerd. nerd. 
Um, <laughs> what's weird, though, is even though it's set up like Nero's going there to like really take advantage of Alice, once he's there, he explains to her he wants to make her his empress and he wants her to teach him empathy. Yeah. He's, he basically is like, look, I realize now in my second attempt at life that I have some shortcomings. I'd still like to rule everyone with an iron fist, but I think you might be able to temper that a little bit. But yeah, that makes sense, I guess. He he was tries trying to be better this time around so he could like be a better ruler. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I like I like that more. Oh, but let's let's just say at this point, I don't know if we've mentioned this. You really do get the sense, and I think they've talked about it throughout the show at this point, that what they're implying is this is some sort of afterlife, whether it's a reincarnation or the bodies have been taken. Something has happened and they kind of know this is, again, a heaven or something like that. So, but it's always, it's very ambiguous. It's intangible. You're right. Uh, we haven't mentioned it and only because it never, no one ever has an answer. It comes up, it gets postulated a couple times. They call it a, a spiritual realm or maybe a spiritual dimension. I think the alien at some point, because he's from an advanced civilization, he also says like this isn't in our galaxy or something. Yeah, they all kind of just go with it. Like, like, am I dead? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess we should fight these Romans. Like, everyone just kind of moves past it. So, but I just wanted to mention that that's kind of the, the, the realm we're playing of it. In, yeah, yeah, like, I guess that's it. Because they're resurrected, they're seeing this as a second chance of this sort of afterlife. But yeah. it's, it's, I never felt like it was an afterlife. I always felt like at some point I'm going to learn this is a weird planet somewhere. Oh, it, it's guaranteed that when people are dying, these alien species is grabbing people, is grabbing, are grabbing people, and uh, put them in pods for some reason. For some Reaper some sort of weird game they're playing with people as pawns. That's what it's got to be. I haven't read the books, but that's my guess. That's your guess? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It, it's not very clear. And actually, did you catch this? I, I know I just was making fun of the characterization of Alice, um, but when Nero and her are talking, he like leans in, and another thing the show does that we'll never learn the answer to because it ne- didn't get a series, but he leans in and he says, that he can tell she has secrets because he can see in her eyes. And I'm like, oh, what are Alice's secrets? Yeah, well, you're, you're we'll never going to learn. Know. You'll never learn. And also, I don't think that was clear because she could not be more of a blank slate. She, her thing is, she's kind of attractive. Yeah. That's her thing. Got that accent. That's it. Yeah. But she does not have brown hair. So people are very angry. People are very angry online. It's funny. Uh, I didn't do a lot of research around this because I was very busy this week. But I did read somewhere that I guess... The idea between this character is she's supposed to be the person who Alice in Wonderland was based on. Oh. That's, I guess, so she is also a, famous. a dead famous person. A right. dead famous. Let's just call them dead famouses. Yeah. The show, this, what the show should be called, Dead Famous. Dead Famous. Yeah. A better show. Yeah, did you check out DF last night? It was great. Nero was in it. Yeah, Einstein showed up. Jeff now, because he's the hero launches his plan to like he sneaks into the hold with all the captives and kind of gives them his plan of what they can do which is is not a plan he's just like all right let's just attack uh and get the boat and then run away with the boat and his inspiring speeches about how uh some of you are definitely gonna die uh, yeah. i don't know what to do about that yeah and and so i mean we can kind of jump forward a little bit but basically there's a struggle happens between all the people who were essentially being enslaved and Nero's people. But the weird thing is this fight, this fight is kind of going on for the next 10 minutes. Or so but you only kind of kind of cut to it. You never actually see really many people fight. It's a very weird because a, a bunch of points I was like, 
is this fight still happening? Because people are just walking around the boat and stuff, not fighting. I was like, but aren't there like hundreds and hundreds of guards? It's like, not really. It is weird. I mean, there's no one watching the hole. They get out. They, just walk they have out. the worst guards of all time. At least three times people just look like sneak behind people and you're not wrong like we see a few people fighting like sam and the fish man they run and they like yeah they've hidden fireworks on the ship which are like they're just like they're just shooting fireworks that explode well they're 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 some sort of some sort of missile missile there's some sort of like medieval missile yeah it's really funny when the first explosion goes off it's actually quite small yeah but sam reacts like he can't believe it like it blown his mind i'm like you're that that, but the the point of that is it sort of turns the tide of of the battle yeah because they have like this the alien has provided them with like some sort of superior weaponry it's not that superior but But so when they're shooting these things though there's a and maybe you understood this more than me at one point uh jeff breaks in to nero and uh, yeah he he goes after to save alice yeah and so they're having this confrontation and of course he's like i'll kill her if you don't if you know you don't give up and blah 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 doesn't really matter but then uh fish boy shoots one of those explosives and it goes and all this thing happens and then later we see Jake's just not there. Like he, uh, uh, Jeff, I'm doing it too. Uh, Jeff is just off, and I'm like, well, what happened to Nero? Because Nero doesn't show up for like five more minutes. I was like, did that room get get blown up or whatever? He just sort of is gone, and then uh, yeah. it's like, and then he shows up later. And I think it's what it really is is there was a bit of an editing problem, and I think maybe that all the footage wasn't shot, so you get this weird, I, I very the, scattered thing. I think happening. what it is is like the fighting. They just weren't action choreographers. Like they just didn't have someone there who knew how to like stage and photograph action. Because you're right. Uh, sometimes it looks like people are milling about. Like there's supposed to be a big battle, but like sometimes people don't seem to know what's happening. Yeah, it's just like people walk around. It's it it's almost as if, uh, like it was shot at different times. Like oh, there's people walking the boat and there's people finding. I ah, just intercut that. No one will notice. It was well, it was it was weird. And it's weird. It's not that I even feel like they intercut different scenes. Like I think they shot it all. Like this is when the battle's happening. It's just they didn't quite know how to give it energy or action. Right. Although I did. I have some questions about the fight. Uh, one, so hilarious because uh, Lev's big fight sequences, he kicks some guy in the nuts. Okay. Yeah. Did you miss that? I don't remember. It was but... very funny. They cut to Lev and there's a guy coming at him. He just like kicks him in the nuts. and The guy's like, oh, and he uh, falls over. Classic move. Classic. It's a classic action scene. Yeah. Didn't uh, someone drop an anvil on someone else's head? Yeah. Boing. <laughs> um, but Molly is sort of a warrior. But I have a question for you because I noticed when the action scene kicked off with Molly here, She's now in some sort of battle bikini. Yeah, Where did she I, get that? I don't know. When did that change happen? No one else has changed clothes that she I'm aware of. The battle is a success, though. They 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 cut all the ropes and launch the boat and get it out into the open. And uh, the steam engine isn't working, so they're like trying to get it going as they're floating down the river. Yeah. And uh, they give uh, Irish Alice something else to do here. Oh yeah, she just she, her thing is she just takes like a hammer and just starts hitting it. Yeah, they can't get the steam engine to work, so she like picks up a wrench and just starts hitting it until it works. And they're like, "Good job." Yeah, I'm like that's terrible. That, they needed to do something. She really uh, she really fonzied that engine. Am I right? Yeah, that's true. And you're right. Uh, I I can't even tell you how she got away from Nero and how Jeff got away. Yeah, it was. It's it's a weird. It's a, again. It's it just a weird gets thing. Forgot about. It just, yeah, it's like oh yeah, forget that that scene was happening. They're all they're all okay. Everyone's gone. But, yeah, but they seem to have escaped now, and the ship's going, and they seem to be more concerned about getting the ship up and running. So I'm like, oh yeah, they got away. It's fine. 
And then Nero walks out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. They haven't dealt with Nero yet. And so apparently they're like, st- he's still on the boat. He was just hanging out waiting for something to happen, I guess. Yeah, he was just waiting at the boat. Like Jeff uh, just walked away. He's like, oh, I know we're in the middle of this confrontation. Oh, we'll deal with this we'll later. We'll get this later. Get to this later. Um, but this is kind of the moment where like Jeff and Nero get to have their showdown. And I actually kind of liked it because uh, since Jeff's from the future, he starts mocking Nero for uh, the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, that was that was uh, I don't know. Maybe low blow. I I thought I'm like, oh, yeah, you aren't a great empire. I, I emperor. I didn't know. I, I don't know much Roman history. But now that Jeff's mentioning it, you sound like a bad emperor. Yeah, right. I'm like you oh, also also. But my, I remember thinking I'm like, wow, he really knows his Roman history. Yeah, he really pulled it For out. For someone who, let's be fair, kind of is a bit of a dolt. I mean, he's an astronaut. Like, he must be kind of smart. Yeah, he's definitely not an astronaut. <laughs> I think that's why the ship in was In 2009, split. the like, yeah. bar was really lowered and he got yeah. in. That's, that's why he crashed. That's why he crashed, because he, he's a real dolt. Anyway, they do this big fight. Jeff stabs Nero through the chest, which I was so angry that they killed Nero, because I'm like, this is a great villain. And they killed, actually, this show killed quite a bit of char- quite a few characters that yeah. they introduced. I was like, I was so disappointed and like he stabbed to the chest and they push him off the edge. And I have a question. When they push him off the edge of the boat, when they cut, is that just a dummy they threw off the side? I don't know. I, yeah, it might be. Something looks really weird between those cuts. I'm There's like, a couple weird things. They do uh, all the, that, you know, that horrible post uh, slow-mo thing where, you know, it was decided afterwards oh what if we made this into slow-mo but it wasn't shot that way so it has that horrible that there's a scene where someone drops a sword and i was like oh why is that in slow-mo just because there's a lot of those cool it's cool yeah so but here's a great part so nero nero's dead and i like that uh it's jeff or someone runs to the top of the boat and it's like nero's dead drop your weapons and everyone goes okay I was like, oh, you know what they should have just done at the beginning of the battle? Just yelled that. Nero's dead. Drop your weapon. They all drop open. Like, ha, ha, fooled you and win the battle. Because they all, the, no yeah, one even they puts give up, up a fight. As soon as they're told Nero's dead, they give up and jump off the boat. The Nero, who's been in charge for like, what, 24 hours? If, if that <laughs> Yeah, right. 18 hours. Although, I, did you catch this at the Fishman after it's all over this whole battle? The Fishman asks Jeff, he's like, is that the first person you've killed? Did yeah, you, did yeah, you catch goes, Jeff's response? Yeah, he goes, yes, didn't he? no. He says, up close. Is that what he said? And I was just like, what does that mean? Because the idea is, he's asking him this, And like, you know what they should have done? If that was the case, they should have cut to then, like, the grassy knoll and he's shooting Kennedy. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's the last time he was resurrected. Yeah, the last time. Uh, yeah, it was just weird. Because the implication is, like, yes, that's the first person Joseph ever killed. But when he asked, he, he kind of, and they kind of. I thought he said he didn't kill anyone. I, I okay. I'll be fair. I probably wasn't paying. I think attention. that's what it happens though, because maybe I misheard it. But like, he has is the first kill. He goes and he goes, yes, up close. I was like, what? But then the f- fish boy said, uh, um, you're going to be killing a lot more, something like that, didn't he? Yeah, because River World's such a brutal world. It's right. it's the what do you call that place that uh, Game of Thrones happens in? A Westeros. Westeros. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's the Westeros. I was going to call it the West World. Yeah, the West World. It's the West World of River World. Well, we know nothing dangerous ever happens in Westworld, beyond Westworld anyway. <laughs> I have a question, though. Now that they've got the boat, they do a bunch of shots mm-hmm. on this set, like distant shots of it. Did they build a working uh, riverboat? It's funny. I-, I wanted to go back and rewatch it because there's something weird. I think I don't think they did. I think I- I'm not sure. There's some shots where it does look like it's they've built something, and then there's long shots of it of, of, I, in the water. But I, I'm almost positive those aren't really. Uh, I know. I think they might have because it just 
they might have stitched it into something. Like I feel like they might have stitched it into the Maybe. background. But I was like, that riverboat looks way too good for the effects budget. Of, like that looks like they built a riverboat. Right. In fact, even the set when they're walking around set photographing them, they seem to be on a floating set out in a river. Like it right. looks like they actually. I was like, wow, that's great production value. Like well, it looks well, good. I think, I think most of the money went into the boat. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, that's kind of the worst part. Like you should have done. You should have spent more time. There's no question on the boat on this river. No this question. Looks amazing. This, this whole movie should have taken place on a river, on the boat. That's what it, what it should have taken place. And like boat battles and stuff like that. And it instead of in a weird Roman, yeah, fake like, castle and all yeah. that stuff. Really, it, the money shots don't really come to the end once that boat's going, and we're and the show's over. Yeah. And so, um, but we, so we go to the, the final scene, the, final, which is, the big reveal. There's finally one more zag. One more zag. Uh, <laughs> they finally reveal that Sam all along has been Mark Twain. Yeah. So all you Mark Twain fans that are also science fiction fans, guess what? They've combined like he's, peanut he's butter and here. jelly. Sam is Mark Twain. Yeah. And actually really great because Jeff is just like, you should tell everybody you're really Mark Twain. That's amazing. I know it's like, but most of those people, I don't see, ninety-five, they won't know who they are. Ninety-five percent of the population was born before Mark Twain. Has no idea who that yeah. is. What is telling everyone you're Mark Twain matter? It'll you're, actually be embarrassing for him. He's yeah. like, go tell, tell him you're Mark Twain. He's like, I'm Mark Twain. Who's that? I I, I wrote some books. Molly, what, what are books? Molly's like, I was enslaved by white people. What do I care who you are? <laughs> yeah. Like who? How, and then she'd say, but unrelated, how do you like my leather dress? Yeah, where, do you like this uh, battle bikini I just picked up? <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's insane that they have this long conversation. Oh, and how did, by the way, how did Jeff figure it out? Because he was writing something. I was like, how did he figure out? Because he, because he, uh, Mark Twain liked riverboats. That was his deductive reasoning. I have no idea how he figured out. I, it makes as much sense as at the end of the conversation, Sam's like, I want you, Jeff, to be captain now. And I'm like, why? Like, yeah. He makes Jeff captain of the boat. I'm like, you built a boat. <laughs> I, I got the sense they were going for a bit of like a Luke uh, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo sort of thing with the two of them, but it didn't really work. But you're right, because it was just like, Who's going to be the lead? It's like, well, clearly the guy we're spending all this time with. And so it's like, oh, well, he's got to be in charge of the boat. So he makes I'll, him I'll be honest. I would have rather uh, had Sam as the leader of the show. Agreed. I would have watched him much more. He was much more likable. I agree with you. Anyway, they kind of, that's it. We now see all our characters lounging on the riverboat as they sail off into Riverworld. Except we cut to a big teaser for a TV show that's never going to exist. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like uh, when you see one of those, like a... Uh, you know, a superhero movie like Green Lantern or something that didn't, that wasn't going to get a sequel, but they still done that uh, post credit scene. Yeah, it's the first post credit sequence. And you're uh, like, oh, okay, sure, and it's and it's Hooded Boy again. Yeah, it's it's this crazy ice tower in this like ice world, presumably on River World somewhere, and the Grim Reaper dudes there, and there's a whole race, like there's a whole mm. bunch of River World or like Grim Reaper guys, and they tease that like. They're like, oh, they're finally off on this journey, but will they have enough time to make a difference? And it's just like, what? Didn't you feel when I saw like the ice castle, or whatever? I was like, oh, cool. Like, I want to go there. Like, no, no, you're not oh, going. Oh, yeah. No, you're not just... going. To, you're gonna. You're gonna spend most of your time in this bad-looking set of uh, of a cell in a Roman Empire camp. It was a tease of a mythology we're never gonna get to know anything about. And and I'll say, I think I've said this before in previous shows, but the show should have started right there. Start start the show. They're all in the boat. 
and they're going on an adventure. And then we can learn stuff as we go along. I don't need all this. I don't need fishball water crap. It was a lot of setup. Um, it's funny that you mentioned post-credit sequence because you're right. This was like the mid-credit sequence where you're going to see this. But there's still like as if there was one more credit, like post-credit sequence. It then cuts from that to another dude in a goo ball underwater. Like, yeah. And who was that guy? I had to look it up. That's Nero. So you can't die on Riverworld. Nero's just back oh, in a he- goo ball. It's funny. I was just like, who's that guy? Ah, well, it doesn't matter is what I, I thought. I, I could. I was really looking like, I can't tell who this guy in this goo ball is. It's, it's a bad reveal. Yeah. Because you couldn't tell who it couldn't be anyone. I thought it actually was Jeff. I thought it might have been like, oh, uh, there's going to be more of the same person showing up or something. I, I thought it might have because at the very beginning of the show, he had a co-pilot with him. I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's that co-pilot who was mm-hmm. at. The, maybe he's important to this book or something. Yeah, so but no, apparently it was. Uh, it was in fact Nero coming back, which well, is a real wrinkle if you can't actually kill anyone. Yeah, the stakes have never been higher. But it's over. They that's just keep it. Coming back. And that's yeah, and that's uh, Riverworld. That's, that's Riverworld. Um, so I, I didn't. I like I said, I didn't get a chance to do a lot of research. I did read a couple things that are, were vaguely interesting. Like, for instance, when they adapted the show, and probably why everyone's so mad at Liverworld. Um, <laughs> That's a great review. Uh, Jeff was not a character in the book. He's actually, like, the character he's supposed to be is Sir Richard Burton, the, like, British explorer. Yeah. And they just uh, Americanized him because they didn't think audiences would know. And this was, I guess, a weird change from the book, but it probably something people were angry about it as well. There was no Nero in the book. That character was, like, uh, King John, one of the English kings from, like, the... 12 16 or something mm. so that was so it was his different nemesis as well so they changed the hero and they changed the bad guy for the show right well i i i always do like that they're like hey here's a series of books that are working really well do you want to just just translate to the screen well let's take out a whole bunch of the stuff though that clearly is working let's take all that out and just do something else like no just do what was working and people like no know? no reason to stick to what people like yeah just make it up. Don't 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 give the fans of this series what, what they're they looking want. for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if they really love the lead character, they're gonna love this really boring version of him that we make up. Um, and can I mention a couple other things that we maybe should yeah. mention right off the top? Tell me, tell me some information. They tried this again in 2010. Yeah, uh, you found this out. I had no idea. There's a 2010 miniseries. So seven years later, they're like. And I have to assume the Sci-Fi Network did it. They're just like, yeah. we can do this better, and and we've we've got to watch it. Oh, uh, I have to know what's different. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping uh, it's you mentioned this to me and r- remind me. We were talking about this last week. What were the uh, what were the two movies? That- oh yeah, uh, you're right. When you mentioned this to me, this is what I thought of. Is they made an Exorcist prequel, which some of you may remember, uh, kind of early two thousands. Um, and they got Paul Schrader to direct one of them. They shot the whole movie with the cast. It was finished. It was edited. The studio watched, and they're like, eh, we don't love it. So they hired Rennie Harlan, gave him the same cast, the same script, and he just reshot the whole thing, but like Rennie Harlan style. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is not a good thing. And that, when the movie came out in theaters, huge bomb. And it was kind of like early DVD era. So the studio, when it came on DVD, also just released Paul Schrader's version at the same time. So you could go to the video store and you could see this Exorcist prequel and the exact same Exorcist prequel, 
but by two different directors. But what I know, I've never heard of this before. What's insane? But you mentioned it's the same cast oh, it's too. The, it's the same cast. It's the so, same sets. It's the same everything. So that's a long way of saying which, and I know you've seen those both, and that's that's a topic for another time. But my hope for the 2010 version is it's the same thing. It's the same cast, the same script, but just shot seven years later. And is, is everyone's just older. Yeah, everyone's just older. I I, I know it's not going to be that because we're not that lucky, but but it will be an interesting comparison when we eventually watch. Yeah, it anyway. I I'm excited to see how they're like introduction to river world lines up between the two of them. Cause I have to assume this one, even though it's hated so much must have borrowed from the books in as far as the setup goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe it's like they made it all up. I have no idea. We'll find out. Well, I don't know. Uh, I heard uh, that it's an utterly appalling uh, adaptation. <laughs> have, where'd you hear that from some guy who thought it was liver world? <laughs> you no, know, it was a different person. More like liver world. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. All right, I want to do one more thing before we wrap this up, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did this with Quester. I'm going to ask you here. Had this gone to series, what do you think an episode of Riverworld would have been like? It would be a very standalone uh, series, which is I think they're riding the boat and they keep landing in different, I'm gonna yeah. call, I'll say ports, and each one will be have some sort of challenge. There's either going to be an evil dictator or there will be uh, something they need to get, but each episode will have a, a self-contained little adventure as they travel to eventually get to these big ice ice people with the hoods or something. That's what I my guess would be. Yeah, I, I thought it would actually be like TNG, like Next Generation. Like I thought it would be Adventure of the Week style. Uh, yeah. That, and I assume every week, Jeff kills a different historical figure. <laughs> that's, that's a funnier show. Just every, and he's just, they're like, well, wh- why would you have killed Abe Lincoln? He had it coming. Like he's just, he's just constantly killing people that like this... Yeah, uh, every- Gandhi, did you you just strangled Gandhi to death? I had to. <laughs> I had to kill another person up close. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I, that's I got three, a taste for it when that, I killed that, Nero. That's three up close, fish boy. <laughs> I love it now. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to rate this, Jordan? Before I before I tell you what my score is, I'm gonna say I had. I think we both had Beyond Westworld fatigue. And I and I was just I didn't really want to watch Beyond Westworld anymore. So I was very excited about Riverworld all week. I was very excited. And that excitement kind of went into the show and I and I kind of liked it, but I know it's bad. I'm going to give it a 3.5 because I know it's a bad show. I kind of enjoy it, but, I, but it's, it's bad. It's a bad show. 3.5. It's the lowest score I've ever given anything. I know. I saved it. Wow. But but I'm going to say, but I still kind of enjoyed it, even though it's bad. But it's, it's come on, it's, it's not good. I'm going to say this. I watched it and I knew if it had gone to series... I would not have enjoyed the series. I would not like. It would have become. I mean, I could be wrong. I like. I could have been wrong. Maybe with the right showrunner, it could have worked out into something very entertaining and interesting. I like that the way you said that was like a very uh, polite but dismissive way of like breaking up with someone. You're like, I find you very attractive, but uh, I don't. I'm not attracted to you, and this relationship is going nowhere. So you may pay half the bill. I, I don't. See I don't see a long term relationship yes. here. But yeah. I will say. I'm giving it a seven. Oh come on! I hold on. Had a you good gave time. you gave you gave a one to an episode in Beyond Westworld. This is production cons- value. Production value. This aside. is considerably better. <laughs> like there's a good mystery setup. I I didn't know where we were. What was yeah, happening? I yeah. Mean, it, could it have been better executed? Yeah, absolutely. Probably. And no, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And would have I enjoyed a long running series? 
probably not. It would. I don't think it would have done it for me as series. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoyed the episode I watched. I, I did have a good time watching it. It's a seven for me. Mm. Sorry, big man. Big mistake. Yeah, this coming from the guy who gave Carlotta's room like what a ten. <laughs> well, I they I was trying to find higher numbers and they just weren't available. <laughs> All right, so next week when we come back, we're gonna get into a new series, Chris Carter's Harsh Realm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. We haven't done really anything from like that kind of late '90s place where the X Files was big and like I don't I don't know what a, to expect of this show. I don't know anything about it. Oh, good. Well, well, we'll talk about it more next week. But yeah, next week, Harsh Realm. Something to look forward to, Jordan. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. In the meantime, if you want to complain to Jordan about his low rating of Riverworld, <laughs> you can uh, get a hold of us at continuumdrag at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram or Twitter at continuumdrag. Jordan, uh, it was fun going Riverworld with you, mm-hmm. and I'll see you next week for some Harsh Realm. Yeah, more like Liverworld. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright.